You're listening to Excellence Above Talent, a podcast where we have the hard conversations about the lives of men and what leads us to achieve greatness and suffer defeat. Hear from other men's journeys as well, as we all learn and grow together to become inspirations to ourselves and those around us. And now your host, Aaron Thomas. beautiful people. Aaron Thomas with Excellence Above Talent. Today's podcast, we're going to be talking about one aspect of manhood that I feel a lot of men want, but they have a hard time finding, and that's inner peace. So I know for a fact, I have never felt a lot of peace in my life. And the only time I really ever felt true peace was when I was in Iraq, which I know it's crazy to say, but that was truly the only time I have ever felt some level of peace in my life. The rest of the time, it's been a lot of overthinking, a lot of underthinking, a lot of insecurities, a lot of undealt trauma, trauma that I haven't dealt with in my life. And it just creates a level of of a, a thought process that keeps you in a space where you really can't grow. And then you you look to your surroundings and you start to blame them for the peace that isn't in your life. And no one can give you peace but yourself. Kind of want to go back. So when I was 19. Well, when I was 18, I joined the Army. I went to basic training in Kentucky, which was, that was a blast. And then there were two people out of a whole platoon of basic training recruits. Two people went to Iraq. Everybody else went to Germany. So before you start, before you uh, uh, enlist, they give you they ask you, what are your top three destinations for the army? And I put, I put Germany, Hawaii, and somewhere else. I thought that was pretty cool. And I guess the army thought it would be funny to send me straight to Iraq uh, out of basic. Uh, so it was me and my, my homeboy, Cromwell. So yeah, so right out of basic training, I uh, went to Iraq. And I guess leading up and leading up to going into uh, Iraq, there wasn't really a lot of inner peace that I had. You know, I was dealing with a lot of my mom and dad got divorced and I questioned, was it me? You know, so from the fifth grade on, there was a lot of did I create that? Is it my fault? And then trying to people please, trying to please everyone, trying to make everyone my friend and that only comes or with that only comes heartbreak because people are going to to use you to get the things that they want so it was just a lot of things that I was dealing with in in my life before uh, going to the army I was in college and I you know I, I'm bombing college I'm filling out I'm flunking I've only 
I've been in college. I was in college for a whole year. My only grade was an A, was freshman seminar, and I only passed that the second time, the first time I failed. The rest of my grades were W's and U's and F's. So, you know, before joining the Army, before joining the Army, there was a lot of turmoil, I guess you say, you know, mentally that I was uh, going through. Uh, I wasn't an alcoholic at that time. Uh, before joining the Army, you know, we did party and drink a lot. I was still trying to find myself. There was still uh, my addiction to to porn and uh, chasing, you know, objectifying women. And so I wasn't in the right headspace. I wasn't in, a, in the right state of mind, I, I felt. Uh, and then joining the, the Army, I assumed that life would get easier. But once I got my orders to go to uh, Fort Hood, and when I got to Fort Hood, they're like, oh, yeah, you're going straight to Iraq, you know. My whole entire life changed. Sad part was my mom told me, don't go get a combat MOS. That was her. And she probably should have said, don't go get a non-combat MOS. Because at that time, I did a lot of the opposite things that she said do. So uh, now in hindsight, 2020, I wish she would have said, don't get a non-combat MOS. No, I'm just kidding. I enjoyed being a cavalry scout in the, in the United States Army. So, first six months I'm in Iraq, pure hell. I tell you that right now. No one, no one could ever get you trained up to experience war, to experience what you see and hear and smell. And the first six months I was an emotional wreck. I feared for my life daily. I didn't want to die in Iraq. People were getting blown up, losing limbs, getting shot, and I just knew it was going to happen to me. And so I was waiting on that day, but it was so it was so chaotic. It was so chaotic. And then one day, my my mom, I'm talking to her, and she's like, you know, pray and ask God to give you the peace to you know finish out your your months in Iraq. And, you know, pray that he'll bring you back uh, fully with no missing arms or, or legs or anything. And so I was on guard duty. So we, we, we went out on a mission. And this mission was uh, supposed to be a week, I believe, out in the field. So we're, we found a house that we were, that we're staying in. Everyone was sleeping on the floor. Like, we're out. Like in Iraq, you know, dealing with a lot of issues. The first day, uh, somebody got blown up twice, which was crazy because the guy that was driving. So we were we were all going out there first, uh, first platoon, second platoon. We were just out there because this road was filled with uh, roadside bombs. So uh, going out there, one of uh, a guy's truck got blown up and he got hurt. So they got a they they called a medevac and a medevac drove out there, picked him up, and on the way back to the base, he got blown up again, which was crazy. That, that typically doesn't happen, getting blown up twice in in a matter of hours. Um, and so that's kind of when I knew, oh man, this this place is this place is going to be a, a mess. Uh, we uh, that was the first day. Uh, and then, so we stopped, we got off, we got out of our Humvees, 
um, set up the base, a little fob, a little makeshift base, and we uh, went on a mission to kind of see what was around the area, uh, and we found a weapons cache. I mean, there was AK-47s and bullets and mortars, and I mean, it was it was a pretty big find, uh, which was good for us because if we didn't find it, they would have probably used it on us either that night or the day after. So uh, we found that, which was good. Uh, one of our sergeants uh, was shot in the arm. And so I'm like, man, we're, I mean, these are, I mean, we were really in the fight. Uh, the next day, there was a Humvee uh, that was, had did, that did a mission, and they got done with a mission, and they drove down this road that no one had drove down. And there was a landmine in that road, and we were all hanging out on uh, Humvees and talking. It was probably wrestling, because that's really, you know, that's really what we did. I talked shit to everybody, and I wrestled everybody. Like, that was my that was my thing. Uh, and so the Humvee blew up. Boom. And so we, you know, everyone went, you know, into, like, combat mode. I jumped off the Humvee. I'm looking for my gun. I'm looking for my, my protective armor. I'm throwing that on. We're running out there. Uh, and we're just, you know, shooting at, like, space, not knowing what's, what's really going on. But we set up a line, and we just, you know, shot just to let them know, like, hey, we're here. You know, hopefully we find you. And if we don't, hopefully one of these bullets finds you. And so uh, I look over, and the Humvee is upside down on its uh, – the Humvee is upside down. Uh, and so I see a bunch of, uh, of my fellow soldiers, you know, they're screaming, you know, asking for help. And so I jump up to get a stretcher and one of my, my good buddies is coming out of the gate. And, you know, usually you have to clear, make sure you're clear before you shoot your gun. Uh, well, he was just, you know, in combat mode and I jumped up, uh, and he had shot like two shots, boom, boom. <laughs> and there was, you know, I felt like a pop, a whiz. I, you know, I just looked up and I realized like this, this mother trucker uh, almost shot me in my face. So I fall back down and I'm like, what the fuck, bro? He's like, oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, my bad. And I just jumped back up, got the stretcher. I uh, went and helped them, you know, on the stretcher. You know, there were... Luckily, no one, no one died, but, you know, there were, there were bones that were piercing through the skin. There was blood. There was, you know, a lot of screaming. And we caught a, a helivac. I don't, I'm not even sure if that's a word. Uh, medivac, but it was through uh, a helicopter. And we got them situated on a helicopter. And I almost passed out. Like, after everything is said and done... Uh, I didn't drink enough water that day. There was a lot of action that day. Uh, and my my truck commander, I guess he saw, you know, he saw me. He was like, hey, go get an IV. So they, I go in there and they speed bag me. And what that is is they stick you with the IV, but then they grab the bag and they just, they just push all that IV into you pretty quickly. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just a crazy mess. The night after all that happened... I was on guard duty and I didn't do a good job because I was on the roof. I was supposed to be, you know, overlooking everything, making sure no one snuck in on us. Uh, there was other people on guard duty as well. Um, another funny, uh, it's not funny, but another, you know, 
thing about that story. One of uh, one of my buddies, his name was, uh, we call him Specialist Coach. So he was on car duty, and he, he, he heard the boom, and he heard the shots, and he was like, what's going on? He didn't know what was going on. Uh, so he just started shooting in his direction, and he ha- he also had a 203 uh, grenade launcher connected to his uh, M4, and so he loaded he loaded up like three grenades and just like foop foop like shot them off like just it just it was just pure chaos, man. It's it's just crazy. Um, it's like an organized chaos, but it's it's so chaotic when when things like that pop off. Um, and so when we came back into the uh, into like the little makeshift base, he was like, yeah, man, I shot off three uh, grenades because I didn't know what was going on. I was like, yeah, bro, I probably would have shot off a lot more than that because, you know, because he was uh, essentially by himself. He didn't know exactly what was going on. He was, you know, manning a gun uh, on, a, on a truck. And so he did what he felt like he needed to do. So I just thought that was uh, that was always a funny part to that story, you know, just shooting off grenades and uh, shooting your gun uh, because you you hear commotion. Um, so on the roof in Iraq, and I am a praying fool at this point. I I don't know what else to do. I am tired of being constantly afraid. So I pray to God. I I had guard duty for two hours. I don't think I left the middle of that roof. I was looking for something in Iraq. And I was trying to find it within myself. I was trying to find it within my brothers. I was trying to find it. There was a lot of porn watching, watching in Iraq. I like a lot. Uh, one of my buddies bought like a lot of porn over there. And so we would hook up our computers to his computer. And he would give us a couple of videos. And we'd go and watch the videos. And then once we got done watching those, we'd delete those and go get some more. So it was a lot of that. There was a lot of, I won't say a lot of gambling, but we gambled a little bit. But yeah, I was always looking, oh, we played uh, ping pong. That was like, you know, that was our jam. Uh, we'd go out there, table table uh, tennis, ping pong, huh? uh, table tennis. We'd go out there and we'd talk trash to each other and, and play all night. So it was it was crazy. But I was looking for something, and I wasn't finding it in anything that I was doing. I was looking for that peace and everything but a higher power. I was trying to do everything myself, and then I realized maybe I need to, you know, my mom reminded me, you know, that God is still there, and I should probably reach out to him and ask him for peace of mind. And that's exactly what I did. I... On that roof, prayed. I prayed my butt off for two whole hours, you know, asking God to give me peace, to not let me die here in Iraq, to come home with my arms and my legs intact. I did not want to die in Iraq. And up until that moment, all my thought process was, I'm going to die here in Iraq because of what I was seeing and the missions that we were going on, I was going to die in Iraq, was what my my head was telling me. But on that roof, something crazy happened. I stopped putting all of my effort and attention on myself and other things and put it on a higher power. My higher power is God. I am a Christian, so my higher power is, you know, God. So crying out to God and asking him these things. 
I can tell you the last six months of my deployment in Iraq were the most peaceful in my entire life. And we had moved from Al-Hilla to Baghdad, like straight gangster dudes walking up, putting bombs like right in front of our gate type deal. So, I mean, Al-Hilla wasn't as bad. And then we go to Baghdad, which is like, like the, again, these dudes are straight gangsters. They don't care. Uh, they want to kill you. And so it was just, that was, you know, the last six months. When I tell you I was at peace, we got up every day, ate breakfast, you know, did our mission review if we had, if we were going on missions and we went out on missions uh, daily for the most part. It wasn't a whole lot of days where we just was hanging out at, you know, the base. So, but those last six months, I wasn't afraid to die. And this is, uh, at this point, I'm 20. The last six months, I wasn't afraid to die. I wasn't afraid that I was going to, you know, lose my limbs. Uh, I took every day for what it was, a day that was given to me and a day that I could be the best that I could possibly be. And it's crazy because when you when you get out of that situation, coming back to the United States, you you tend to relax yourself. You're not in danger anymore, you assume. So you the higher power that gave you peace, you discard it because now you feel like you have some level of control here in the United States. You know, no one isn't trying to kill you. No one isn't, you know, trying to blow you up. And so I lost that piece. And in its place, I put the old vices that I had that caused a lot of uh, turmoil in my life. I tried to do things my own. That's a big thing that a lot of dudes deal with. The reason why we can't find peace is because we're trying to deal with our issues by ourselves. Like, I am a believer that we have all the answers that we ever need inside of us, but sometimes we need to go to other people to help us get these answers out. And so a lot of times with me, I couldn't find my peace because I'm holding on. Uh, I'm afraid to express myself. I don't want to be viewed as, you know, less than or not a man or weak because I'm having these thoughts or these issues. And so you keep them to yourself and you try to deal with them yourself. And then in doing so, it creates a lot of stress and anxiety that is self-inflicted. You create it because you didn't want to go get that help. And when I'm under a lot of stress, when I'm under a lot of uh, pressure, I have three vices that I that I run to. And it's uh, sex, porn, and alcohol. And those three vices only create more drama. <laughs> and so now I've created all this drama. You know, I've created all this chaos. I'm searching for that peace that I had in Iraq. And I know where that peace is coming from, or I know where that peace came from. But I don't run to it. I don't go to it. I'm still, you know, I felt like a God coming back from Iraq. I had been blown up. I had been shot at by both army buddies and enemies and survives. When my feet hit the United States, no one can tell me nothing. Like I was, I was cold blooded in my head, what I thought. 
And so you take that that arrogance that you come back with and you run with it. And that's exactly what I did. So couldn't find peace. Couldn't find peace because I'm trying to do it all myself. Couldn't find peace because there was a level of arrogance that no one could tell me anything. Couldn't find peace because I wasn't connecting to my higher power. Couldn't find peace because I'm running towards the things that only creates more drama and chaos in my life. And I'm a big believer in drama doesn't just walk into your life. You either invite it, you create it, or you associate with it. So if there's drama in your life, you can't blame anyone for that drama. You have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, why are you allowing drama in your life? So all this drama, all this chaos, I lost the peace that I had. And I'm, I was searching for it, but I knew what I needed to do. But doing that, you have to relinquish control of your life and give it to the higher power. And for some odd reason, I thought I had a better outlook on life if I controlled a narrative. If I was the one that was in power and making decisions. Man, I'm telling you this right now, y'all. If you're in that thought process, uh, don't be. Because, again, it's just drama and chaos. But I'm not here to preach to anybody. But hear me when I say, if you ever want peace, and this peace that I had was indescribable. My body, my mind, everything was at peace. I knew everything was going to be okay. I knew everything was going to work out. So I woke up and I followed instead of tried to lead. And now I am trying to lead and I'm not following. And so chaos ensues. If you ever want to feel peace in your life and you believe in God, give him everything and watch him work. And it's hard because you feel as a human being, you want some control over what goes on in your life. And I was having a conversation with a young man last night, and we were talking about, you know, the different dimensions and vibration. And what he said, which I thought was pretty cool, was a lot of times we're pushing back on what it is that life is trying to send us. You know, we have gifts, we have unique gifts that we that we all have. And a lot of times we're we're pushing back on those unique gifts and doing the things that we want to do, making our lives twice as hard to eventually go back to doing what it is that we were called to do. So we might as well relinquish whatever control we think we have or need and give it to God and allow him to do that work, and you wake up and you follow, you allow him to lead, there is a peace that comes with that. And that last six months in Iraq, I woke up every day. I thank God for waking me up every day, and I went about my day. I've given him my day. If it was my time to go, it was my time to go. To me, high-value men find a way to feel inner peace. And you can't feel inner peace holding on to these negative narratives that 
society says you have to hold on to to be to be a man. You have to not express feelings and emotions. You have to, you know, be stoic. And I love stoicism, like for sure. But there are times where you have to talk about these issues and let them out or they get pretty ingrained into your head and it creates a level of of chaos creates a level of drama and it also creates a level of loneliness the first six months when i was in iraq i used to cry it would just it would just out of nowhere so you know me as as you know a strong man i'm booking it i'm trying to find anywhere i can go to not have anyone see me cry and again it just came it came out of nowhere i would just cry randomly because i felt so lonely even though I was around men that I called brothers that would die for me, there was still a level of loneliness that came with not having my inner peace. And right now in my life, there's a lot going on to where I shouldn't be peaceful. There's, there should be just chaos reigning and drama everywhere. I'm going through a divorce created by yours truly. Trying to find peace in a, in a marriage. And the one thing that brought peace wasn't in my marriage. And I tried to lead. And because I tried to lead and she followed, chaos, drama ensued. I can't blame anyone. At this moment in my life, I can't blame anyone. But I, I now know what I need to do to find that inner peace. And I'm doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. I am not happy with, with where I'm at in my life. Oh, trust me, I am not. I'm a creator. I create. I'm a worker. I love working. But I'm having a hard time doing both. Creating and working. And I've lost passion for life. And please understand, this ain't no sob story. <laughs> please. Because life will get better. I understand and know that for a fact. But right now, it kind of fucking sucks. But I can't look to anyone or blame anyone because I see that person in the mirror every day who created a lot of, of these issues and chaos. But I'm now determined to find that peace again by any means necessary. And so right now, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in a place where I want to be in my life, but I'm at a place where I need to be to where God can give me that peace again. And I, I do that by reading and praying daily. I uh, started going back to church. Shout out to Hope Alive Church, Pastor Cliff. Great church to go, to go to. So I started going inside more when I feel a certain type of way. I ask myself questions. Why am I feeling this way? Where is this insecurity coming from? Why do I feel jealous? Why am I getting angry? Why am I taking this so personal? I start asking these questions. I just don't react to things. I respond to them. And I'm not, I'm not saying 100% of the time because I'm a very reactive dude. I'm about that. For sure I'm about that. But responding helps in my effort to find inner peace. To not just blow up. To, to talk with reason. And to try to figure out what's really going on. I don't want any of my, the men that I know, I don't want any of them not having 
some level of peace in their life. We have to learn to let go of whatever ego we think we have, of that pride. We have to learn to let go and let God. And that's one of the toughest things anyone could ever do. It really is, especially when you feel like you've done a lot of things by yourself. Newsflash, it was never by yourself anyway. But sometimes you feel that way. So, inner peace, I don't think you can find it unless you cling to some higher power. And I'm not forcing religion on anyone. My higher power is Christianity. My higher power is God, uh, Jesus. And yours could be something totally different. It could be the wind or the trees or whatever it is that you need to find that inner peace, to let to let go of whatever control you think you have. And there's a saying in, in, in church, you know, let go and let God. And as a Christian, that's what you have to do if you want to find that peace. There's a lot of, again, craziness going on in this world. You don't have to be a part of the craziness. You can be a part of that peace that brings light to this world, that stands up, that talks about issues that no one wants to talk about. You can be that light. You can be that peace for yourself and for others. And for guys who are in a marriage, or maybe your marriage isn't working out the way you want it to work out, find peace. Because as the head of your household, if you don't have peace, no one in your house has peace. So find a way to bring peace into your household, to bring bring peace within yourself. Because your wife and your kids will love you even more for it. Trust me, coming from a guy who wasn't peaceful, who brought chaos and drama, it only causes trauma. Chaos and drama only causes trauma. And it's not just trauma for you. It's trauma for everybody that you are involved with. And they're looking to you to find that peace. And you can't give them peace because there's no peace inside of you. So take that time for yourself in the morning. Wake up 10 minutes early. Drink your coffee. Think about life. Contemplate it. How you can be better. Or that lunch break. You know, take the 5 or 10 minutes that you have before you have to start working again. Or before you go to bed. Find a time for you to be alone in thought. Or don't. I can't tell you what to do. But I'll tell you this. If you don't find out who you are in this life. Life will dictate to you who you are, and you'll become that person. So you have a choice, you really do, to become the man that you choose and want to be, or let life dictate the man that you will be. And if life dictates the man that you will be, you're going to be angry and evil and mad and arrogant and prideful. Because life don't play, life doesn't play. And it was meant to break you, you sometimes feel. Find you a place, a thing that brings you peace into your life and hold on to it. If it's playing basketball, if it's fishing, if it's CrossFit, if it's jujitsu, whatever it is, find your peace because your life is better for it. So if anyone hasn't told you today that they love you, Let me be the first to say, I love you. You are awesome. You're amazing. You deserve the best that this world has to offer. Do not give up. Do not quit. The world doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. 
Y'all have a blessed day. A good weekend. Enjoy your whole spring break if you're on spring break. Uh, And we'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And for daily motivational and up-to-date content, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Excellence Above Talent. And remember, keep moving forward, never give up, and you are never alone in this battle. We'll see you next time.